Hello and welcome to Atomic Geekdom. My name is Dave, and I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful day. It is the first, second, second full week of September as we release this episode. And uh, hopefully by this point, the fall weather is starting to come in because it's been hot and we've had storms and lots and tons of rain and all kinds of all wackiness that I'm sure the Democrats will say it's weather change and the Republicans will say it's normal and the rest of us will just say it's weather. Shut up. Anyway, I don't know why I went political there, but I hope you're having a great week. And uh, today we're going to do something different, something we haven't done yet. We've talked about movies we've loved before in the past, usually as a certain genre or by a director or an actor or that kind of thing. But today we're going to do our first Atomic uh, rewatch episode. And that title is not permanent. It may change if something cooler comes up. But right now that's the name of the title. If you have a different name let us know but we're gonna go with atomic rewatch for today and the first movie on the agenda we had decided was gonna be raiders of the lost ark but we're gonna save that one for next month um basically the idea behind this episode is we're gonna rewatch an old classic or an old uh widely hated movie and see how it stands up to current day 2018 you know or whatever year we're in when we do it hopefully this continues and we do one of these a month um I think since it's October next month, we'll save Raiders for November and do a horror movie next month because that just makes sense since most of our October episodes, we try to base solely in the supernatural and spooky realm and 2018 will be no different. So I should start planning those episodes now. Put that down in the to-do list. All right. Uh, but today it's going to be Jaws. We're talking Jaws. And part of it is because this past weekend, our movie theaters released uh, the Jaws movies for everyone to see on the big screen, it was actually via a Blu-ray player. It was kind of funny to see them push the button for them to close the tray. It was You could see the little icon on the screen. It's pretty funny. Um, but, no, because Jaws is uh, kind of officially the first ever summer blockbuster movie. Um, it was one of the biggest grossing movies of all time until a little movie called Star Wars came out. But, at the same time, Jaws is a huge movie. Uh, it's monster, monster successful and it's I I think it holds up to this day. But joining me to talk about this wonderful wonderful movie uh, is we'll start with Kyle. Hello everyone, I am here. Uh, also joining me because he has a love of all things sharks that I share with him. It's Johnny. Hi. And we can't talk Jaws or we can't talk movies we love without. Uh, the official first lady of Atomic Geekdom. It's Jenny. Hey, 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 hey. Um, so I, you know, I'd forgot, I, you know, I had planned to do Raiders, so I have research on that, but I also have some research. I was able to scrounge up about some random facts about Jaws and stuff that I've, you know, learned over the years as being a huge Jaws fan. I'll dig into that, but we're also going to talk about the first time we saw it and our experiences with this movie and. I realized in the theater that I could quote the entire freaking movie and do some of the actions as well. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, uh, but I, I love this movie. It has got to be in my top five all-time favorite movies. Um, and I was super overjoyed to see it twice in the theater. And then I saw Goonies as well. Uh, two movies I've never gotten to see in the theater. So it was pretty incredible. And I just highly recommend it if it ever happens in your town do that because it's so much fun and it's so great to see on the big screen you, you can kind of see things you might not have seen on a smaller screen but 
Anywho, before we start digging into Jaws, I thought we would take just one step back and catch up with each other uh, and see what uh, geeky stuff you're getting into recently. Um, Kyle, any books you're reading, shows you're watching, games you're playing? Try to try to oh. narrow it down to one. I don't want to take too long with this. Nothing. Wow. Okay. Try to narrow it down, but um, I'm just finishing. That is I'm narrowing finishing... it down pretty far to none. <laughs> I'm finishing my rewatch of Eureka. Oh, well, there you go. That's something. Yeah. Doesn't have to be new. Uh, okay. All right, Johnny. Um, I'm getting caught up on a lot of comics. Okay. I've been out of I've been out of touch with comics for a while, and I just read. Um, uh, what did I just read? Flash number fifty three. Um, and the reborn getting... or rebirth era. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the current one, the one that's going on right now. So it currently. Um, Commander Cold of the Renegades, who is a future, um, the, the the Renegades are a team of of uh, police officers from the future, the time of Eobard Thawne, who's the Reverse Flash, and they use the Rogues' weapons, so they call themselves the Renegades. And so the leader of their team, Commander Cold, is trapped in our current time with Flash. So they're on kind of a quest right now to figure out some stuff that's going on, and it's kind of interesting. Cool, I like it. All right, Jenny. Jenny. Uh, I just finished reading *The Gray Bastards*. It's a book by Jonathan French, um, and I honestly didn't think I was going to really like it because it's not my genre. It's described but, on the book cover as *Sons of Anarchy* meets *Lord of the Rings*. It's kind of true. I figured. Like, Interesting. So, what's crazy about it? Like, so I, I, you know, I started it before I ran off to get married and then I I didn't get back into it until like a week ago but the moment I got back into it the storyline picked up so fast that now like now that I'm done with the book I'm like there's a sequel right because it leaves with all these like opening and things and the characters are actually like are pretty well written because you don't know you don't trust your opinions on any of them. You know, like the main the main character is this guy Jackal, right? And he's like half org, half human. And you want to like him, but he does kind of stupid, arrogant things. So you're not sure if you should focus on that or not focus on it. And then like everybody in his hoof, they call it like his gang, his hoof. Like you're not sure if they're gonna betray you or not like it's really interesting how they because you never have good footing on who who you want to support through the entire book which is kind of awesome um but super really really enjoyed it and i like the writing style and i like how how they explained a lot of stuff i mean it's got some gratuitous sex in it which was a little <laughs> um especially when we're talking about it's like troll and... sex though yeah. <laughs> yeah you know with the uh he has to hide his his, his fang teeth you know and, and weird things like that but overall like really good battle scenes really good direction through the entire book and i it sets you up where you think you know how it's going to end. And when it gets to the ending, it's not what you thought, but it makes complete sense. So now I'm like, all right, where's the lot lands number two? <laughs> you know, so it was good. I highly recommend it. Yeah. And if you like a little interspecies sex, sex action, go for it. There is some really detailed sex scenes. Yeesh. 
There you go, Johnny. <laughs> it's all for you. All right. <sighs> uh, the internet. Before, <laughs> yeah. All right, now we're gonna dig it into Jaws, and every so often I'm gonna tell you a random fact that uh, we are we may already know, or you listening might already know. But here's the first one. Uh, the nickname given to the shark itself, the 25-foot great white shark, uh, the mechanical model, they had three, uh, was named Bruce after Steven Spielberg's lawyer, who also represented names like Clint Eastwood and Robert Zemeckis. However, uh, the, the, the cast and crew gave it another name because of the repeated production delays due to malfunctions and whatnot. Uh, the other name given was the great white turd. <laughs> <laughs> So there we go. All right. Take so, that, you dumb mechanical shark. Am I right? That's right. You're right. That's right. Thank no, God the Bruce didn't like work half the time because yeah, it, it would have been a completely different movie. Mm-hmm. Totally. I just seriously watched it last night. We um we had some friends over and we we have a projector, so we shot it up on the side of the garage in our backyard. And I'm gonna say if you have a chance. Do that do that because when the wind hits the sheet that we were projecting it on it kind of distorts the film a bit kind of cool but it, it the suspense in some of those scenes are so good that opening scene is hands down one of the best opening scenes in a movie with the girl going out in the water uh poor naked chrissy um no so yes yeah, so this movie came out june 20th 1975 uh, the budget for this little shark film based on a book by Peter Benchley of the same name uh, was $9 million. And at box office grossed $470.7 million. So it was that little blockbuster that could. Yep. And how much over budget were they? Uh, I, don't, I don't have that on hand, but a lot. Uh, they, yeah, they were over budget and they were over their scheduled end date, too. Mm-hmm. Just because of the mechanical shark. Yes. But it, it it completely put Spielberg exactly where he needed to be, though. Yep. Everybody trusts Spielberg after that movie. Right. And before this, Spielberg had really done only one movie, and then he did this one. And the first movie was about a truck that chased down a guy. Yep. Um, yeah, duel. Duel, yep. <laughs> uh, then Spielberg did this one, and uh, the things that kind of you know, are the trademark of this movie are, you know, not seeing the, the shark fully until however many minutes into the movie um, for a very long time. And that builds the suspense. And uh, I think Spielberg says half the success of this movie is because of the score. I'd say 75% of the success of this, of the tension and suspense of this movie is the score. Um, two notes. John Williams, I mean, it's two notes <laughs> uh, just yeah. back and forth. And it works so well, and, you know, I remember being a kid and having that stuck in my head forever. Um, So that leads me to this question here. What is your earliest memory of seeing this movie? Can you remember the first time you saw it? Uh, If not, that's fine, but what's your earliest memory? Uh, We'll start with, uh, not by much, but she's the the elder states person of the podcast. Let's start with Jenny. You know what's funny is, like, I don't really remember seeing it, but I remember the aftermath of seeing it and i was probably my my first horror movie i saw was friday the 13th like and and i was maybe five or six years old i was probably more like seven or eight when i saw jaws and i didn't really like it was scary but i didn't remember ever knowing what the story was about 
But nonetheless, every body of water scared me. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't want to take a bath. I didn't want to go in the lake. I didn't want to go in the river. Like, Jaws was going to be in any of them. You know, like you were, I was anticipating him finding a way into my bathtub. So. Or your toilet. Or my toilet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Johnny? Um, I definitely remember the first time I watched it. Uh, you know, on the on the last episode when we were talking about Power Rangers, I, I brought up that one episode about um, oh, yes. Power Rangers getting eaten alive. Which, by the way, I ended up spending like half the remainder of the night looking for clips of that and trying to find the full episode and then finding it and watching it. And I'm... Billy did get swallowed alive. We did see that. So <laughs> there you go. I did. I was 100% correct when I said that originally. Um, but, uh, but uh, you know, that really stuck with me and jaws really stuck with me too. It, it, it kind of, it's one of the reasons I think why I love sharks so much because it was a, such a really well done film. And I was, and I was, I don't remember how old I was, but I do know that I was too young to really understand the concepts that we presented or the dialogue, you know, half the dialogue probably went over my head, but I think I understood um, what I, I, I didn't walk away from the movie being afraid of sharks. I was fascinated by them because of the movie. Um, and you and I've talked a lot, Dave about, I mean, I love sharks. They're my favorite. So uh, I think jaws is directly responsible for that. And uh, I, I've never really been a big fan of, of swimming in like the ocean. So I'd never had, you know, that, that didn't influence it, you know, like it did for Jenny where she was, she was afraid of getting into bodies of water. I already didn't really get into big bodies of water. So I did, there was really no negative, negative outcome. And I think I was pretty young when I saw it. And I actually, um, I let my daughter watch it. She and I watched it recently and, uh, I skipped through the one scene, you know, where the dead body pops up. <laughs> when uh, when Dreyfus is swimming down at the bottom, sure. that, that part, the that head. part I skipped yeah. past um, because I didn't think she was ready for that. But the remainder of it, she she dug it, and she's a big shark fan too. So I think it's one of those movies where um, it it can be accessible to anyone, regardless of age and regardless of when you see it. And even though technologically it doesn't hold up to today's standards, it the film itself holds up. Mm -hmm. All right, all right, all right. I would agree. I would agree. Uh, Kyle. So I don't remember the first time I've I the youngest seen of Jaws. them all, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I I just I can't remember the first time, but um, I mean, I could tell you that my girlfriend has never seen Jaws, so they should dump her immediately. Be, yes, she will be seeing it for the very first time very shortly. Um, but the scene that Johnny just, uh, described, uh, the scene that he won't let his daughter see, mm -hmm. Dave was, uh, present for me <laughs> jumping, jumping in my theater, in the, in the theater, in my seats, because I had forgotten about that part. To be, to oh. be, to be fair, no. to be fair, the entire theater pretty much jumped. It was great. And then when I saw it again, I saw it twice that weekend. Um, my buddy was quoting the movie as we were going along as I was. And he's like, oh, I know when I'm going to jump, and I know what's going to happen. I can't remember what when it happens, though. you got to tell me, otherwise I'm going to scream like a girl. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, I didn't tell him. <laughs> I knew it was coming, and everybody in our row jumped. It was, oh, I love it. I love it. It's just, but but this this movie holds up 
not in the well as johnny said like technological it's not it doesn't hold up but in terms of story and acting it holds up quite well absolutely oh, the acting is so good oh yes. everyone robert everyone yep. is so good in this movie uh, and we'll get into that in just a second so my first memory of jaws was um i, I don't know what came first so like johnny i have a i have i don't know if i would say morbid but an obsession at least with sharks i love sharks um so much so that it probably is the reason i fear going into the ocean not because of sharks just because i don't know what's underneath my feet and i've talked about that's that before terrifying yes we've talked about that before yeah we, i've yeah i think i've talked about it many times on this podcast the the bottom of the ocean terrifies the crap out of me mm-hmm. um and being in any kind of water where i don't know what's underneath me forget it uh i love going in the lake though i, I love swimming in, in, the, in lakes fresh water all that kind of stuff the ocean screw it no no it's also why i live in the middle of the country i'm just kidding i'm just kidding that's not, that's not true uh, but in school uh grade school in fact there was this thing called the scholastic book club or something like that scholastic something and it came with like, these little catalogs and at the beginning of the school yeah, they're still doing that ah nice uh, so yeah. you get you get this like little like uh, like real thin catalog and you just flip through it and you can pick your books and you give them a check and um, several months later you finally get it on graduation day. No, it took a while, but uh, your order was finally put through. One of the books that I got and I finally found it on Google uh, was called Hungry Hungry Sharks, and it was just like this big picture book. Actually, there's a YouTube video of a guy that goes through the whole book. That's how I knew what it was. I knew it was the right book. Uh, and the cover reminded me of it. It's just got a big great white shark with these like black and white fish kind of jumping around it as it jumps out of the water. I had that book too. Yes. Excellent. I'm glad I'm not the other one. But I used to read that book all the time. And I just flip through the pages and I'd learn, this is a basking shark. This is a thresher. This is a tiger. This is an angel shark. And I just was obsessed and I couldn't get enough. And they had like a whole series of these books about different animals and stuff like that. But this one was my favorite because I think the the thing that in cat, like just engrossed me and it's something Brody says in the movie is people don't really know how old sharks are. There were sharks with dinosaurs. And that's part of the first things in the book is sharks are one of the oldest living animals on the planet because they were there when the dinosaurs were there. And that just fascinates me. Um, I don't know why. That just, just It's just incredible to me. Um, and so, yeah, that just built it. And so I don't know if that came first or Jaws, but then I saw Jaws. And I wasn't afraid of Jaws. I mean, of course, I was a kid, and I probably jumped when the scary start stuff happened, like the head that pops out of the boat, and uh, seeing the little boy just get ripped apart. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't remember it being as graphic as it actually is, <laughs> with the shark kind of whipping around in the water. I, I, you know, I didn't either. And when I and I and, and I told you I skipped past the the body yeah. scene under the water. I had forgotten how graphic that child's death was, mm-hmm. and, and my daughter saw that. And that oh, was no. that, that at that part, I was like, "Oh, did I make a mistake?" Yeah, yeah. That's nah, she's fine. She okay, good. It was great. good. She doesn't sleep she ever. Thought he deserved it. Oh, sure, dumb kid. Uh, he was turning into a prune. He was. He was pruning. Grandma or mom? I think it was mom. But man, something I've noticed this weekend is there were some old parents in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way it used to be, though. <laughs> you, had, you didn't have kids till you were in your late 30s. Or 50s. <laughs> or 50s. Some of these, or 60s. Like the, the family that the, the mayor actually pushes to go out and swim. That guy's like 70 years old. <laughs> he's That's, though, that is probably grandkids. I don't know, man. Maybe. Maybe. 
Uh, it could be they could be visiting grandma and grandpa for the summer uh, for the Fourth of July. But anyway, uh, so I don't know what came first. But yes, I, I, I you know, I, I loved Jaws, and I, I know I didn't see it in the theater because obviously it came out before I was born. But I remember uh, probably on VHS, um, and then later on like TBS every weekend it was playing on like TNT or TBS. Um, I it actually... was one of the first movies I actually bought myself oh. and got on VHS. Nice. Um, when I started getting VHS movies, so sure. it was Jaws and then all the Jim Carrey movies on VHS. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, uh, it was Star Wars, and then it was all the uh, Chris Farley movies. Oh, yeah. I miss Farley, man. Oh, yeah, I could watch Tommy Boy and Black Sheep all day long. Um, uh, anyway. Yes, uh, but, you know, for me, I don't know if this is for anybody else, like, for Star Wars, Return of the Jedi resonates most with me because I was alive for that one. You know, I was born and a kid and I got to see it the most uh, when I was younger. And for me, the Jaws 3D sticks in my head the most um, because, again, it came out and it was a Sea World, and that was the big Disney craze at the time when I was a kid. Everybody wanted to go to Disney and Sea World and Epcot Center and all that stuff. And for whatever reason, that one just stuck in my head the most. And I enjoyed it for as crappy as it is, and I've watched it recently. And it is a horrible movie. Um, <laughs> and I remember watching that opening when the shark's head is fishing towards, you know, swimming towards you. And I'm like, what's going on? And my mom would be like, oh, this is supposed to be in 3D. I'm like, well, get me some glasses. What's going on here? What's wrong with you, woman? <laughs> um, but anyway. Um, all right. So, Jaws. Now, back to another fact that you may or may not have already known. Um... Let's see here. Let's do three of them real quick. Actors that were originally supposed to be the characters. And then we'll start talking about characters. Uh, So none of the actors cast this movie were the first choices by the director. None of them. So the other chief Brodies, uh, you know, Roy Scheider would be famously known for this character and have many uh, famous lines, including one he improved. We're going to need a bigger boat. Not in the script, but he did it and they loved it. Uh, wasn't the producer's first choice for Chief Martin Brody. Among those that were courted originally for this role were Robert Duvall, but he went back to do Godfather 2, so he couldn't, and screen legend Charlton Heston. Can you imagine somebody as strong as Charlton Heston being in that role? Wouldn't have worked. Uh, No. No, Robert Duvall would have worked. Sure. Heston wouldn't have worked. I don't know. Is Jenny still with us? Is she going to chime in? Okay. I'm listening. All right, uh, the other Hoopers, Matt Hooper, Richard Dreyfus, of course, famous for being the marine biologist, Matt Hooper. Uh, but originally they had discussed Jeff Bridges. Uh, uh, yeah, I can see interesting. that. And also John Michael Vincent, or Jan Michael Vincent, I should say. Yes. All right. That's a weird one. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know John, Jan Michael Vincent, uh, for the younger crowd, um, boy, what can you say? Air, Airwolf, uh, the TV show. Um, I don't know what anybody would know him from. Um, okay. We'll put this into perspective. I don't know who you're talking about. Sure. So. I figured he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, a very, very much so a TV actor. Uh, I don't want to say typecast or beat bit player, but yeah, he never really was a huge star, but he was in a ton of stuff as like the other guy. Well, if you've oh. seen Rick and Morty, oh sure, <laughs> he's he's in the the famous action film uh, Jan Quadrant Vincent Sixteen, I think. <laughs> right, right. Jan, Jan Quadrant 
Yeah, I think Jan Quadrant Vincent, 16. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're going to need more Jan Michael Vincents on this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, Jenny, do you remember Jan Michael Vincent? I do. I I remember him from Airwolf as the pilot. Airwolf, yeah. Yeah. Mm. He had that very, like, like teenage heartthrob Mm -hmm. magazine covers from, like, Oh, yes. Yes. When I Google when I Google them to try to find more movies and stuff, that's the first thing that came up is like this, like a skater skateboarder, like a early seventies skateboarder type look. I just remember like more recently he was in. Um, did you guys ever see Buffalo sixty six? Yes. No. Isn't that? No. <laughs> oh, if you haven't seen Buffalo sixty six, it's the most uncomfortably weird movie. It's uh. Who's the main uh, chick? Uh, the main lady. Christina. Um, Christina, Christina Ricci. Ricci. Yeah, that's it. And yeah. uh, Vincent Gallo. Yeah. He like kidnaps her and it's this like weird romantic movie but it's just it's uncomfortable to watch but it's great i mean i highly highly recommend it <laughs> well who who are the others uh potentially set to play quint i all think right. that's the that's one the we di- all yep that's is my favorite yeah that's the last one i got here so um before robert shaw was cast to play quint they had sterling hayden who was from godfather and uh he played the the cop, Captain McCluskey in Godfather. Uh, he was the first one offered Captain Quint. Um, and then also producers wanted World War II veteran Lee Marvin. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Nah. No, no I don't see it either. Yeah. No, um, Robert Shaw's the only one. You yeah. Know, of the three, he's the only one that's like, he's the only one that could play that role. Yeah. His most recent work... Kyle is 1986 in the Delta Force, so I don't I don't really expect you to know anything he's been. In, so you're you are very even, much correct. Even with like being young, though, if you saw Lee Martin, you would know who he is. Like he's kind of iconic in in a look. Like most sure. people, I don't think know his name. He's done a couple uh, Twilight Zone episodes that you you know if you've seen Twilight Zone, you know um, you'd know him. I think you'd recognize him if you saw him. Yeah, probably. That's, that, just, yeah, that's what I'm you saying. You know his like, name. He's one of those that you know your parents or your grandparents watched movies of his mm-hmm. nonstop, you know. Lots of military and cowboy movies, uh, cop movies, stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, but Delta Force is probably is like most. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Most recent and probably most famous. Um, all right. So now let's jump in. So we, just, we just touched the, we just, you know, got the tip of the iceberg of the, the cast of this epic film that we know and love um so let's talk about them uh now the the main cast roy scheider robert shaw richard dreyfus lorraine gary playing uh um uh good lord ellen <laughs> ellen wife. yes yes i was trying to think of her first name but yes chief oh. brody's wife uh and then the, the 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 two children and the mayor and yes uh so let's break it down um uh, yeah, Roy Scheider, his character, afraid of the water, but also is coming from New York where it's just crime central. And they left there because it wasn't safe. And he comes into Amity Island where there's no crime. Um, and he's pretty much just going to coast through when he gets to his first summer and realizes this, this city depends on this July weekend for all of their money for the year. It's basically mm-hmm. their Black Friday. Um the town makes all their money, a summer resort town, as it were. Uh, so he has to play both strong and timid and fearful and family man and 
he does it amazingly. Uh, his excitement in a lot of the scenes, like when they think they first have the shark, or you know when he blows it up at the end. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. like his excitement's real. It seems you feel it. Um, it's, it's very much there and he says swell a lot. Um, but, uh, talk on it. What do you guys think of Roy Scheider as Martin Brody? Yeah, I really can't think of anyone. I can't see anyone else playing that role. He, he was, he is made for that role. Um, well, and do you think, do you think though, it's because it's such an iconic role now? It's kind of like, if you think about, you know, who was it that they wanted to play Indiana Jones instead of Harrison Ford? Um, Tom Selleck. Could you picture Indiana Jones as Tom Selleck? Like, I don't think I could. Oh, go to Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like I don't know if, if Roy Scheider is, is because it, or it's just because he's so ingrained in our memory and nostalgic to this movie. But, yeah, he, he is the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. picture him with anybody else the the movie hinges on him as important yeah. as the roles are of hooper and quint like you would the movie is not as good if you don't get brody right yeah and brody was was perfect totally one of the the funniest so we're watching it the other night and pretty much all the girls that are watching the movie with us we all have that similar thing we're like you know in watching this Richard Dreyfus is hot as hell in this movie. He is a good. And we all have like on on Hooper, but then we're like, but when you look at Richard Dreyfus now, you would never think that you were awesome when you were young. Like <laughs> it was <laughs> really weird and like that doesn't come off well, but oh my gosh, he is he's crushworthy in, in that movie. He's adorable. Just wow. He's adorable. Absolutely. Well, he was like, oh, he's still adorable. I think he was 29 when that movie came out, something like that. 28. Jeez. Yeah. I, I, I'm with Jenny. I don't. I, I uh, think when you mentioned Robert Duvall, they had potentially had him for the role. My thought was, oh, I, I, I could see that. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Roy Scheider was the only guy who could play that role, but he did play it so well sure. that. There would be no reason to think what would it have been like if right. X person had done it. Yeah. No, and that's that's not at all the question I would pose. I couldn't pose cast somebody else here. It just there's no point. because um, no. these right. are these are so well done and these guys became the character. So it's theirs. Um and to to try to portray somebody else, I just no, it doesn't work. Like a reboot of Jaws, I don't know if that could ever happen. I don't want that to happen. Well, I would, I could see it happening in twenty or thirty years. Maybe I just think the practical effects used in it were make it such a, I don't know, a hard movie to go back and let's now we can do it with CGI. Uh, I think they would have to continue it with practical effects and make another robot, um, do another mechanical thing. But do you know they would never do that just for cost factors? Sure. Doing a CGI shark is way more cost effective than not. But but it falls, Jaws falls into that kind of group of movies that like Flash Gordon does for me. Like I wouldn't want to see somebody redo it because what makes it great is that it was filmed in 1975. Sure. Like yeah, it's, got, it's got a different color. It's got a different pace. It's got a... It, they just don't make movies. It, feel, like it, it feels the era. 
It totally yeah. fills the era. But the era is a character in of itself. With sure. This movie. Yeah. That um, if they if they modernized it, you know, I I don't think it would have the same the right. same reaction. Proving proving to the mayor that there's a shark would be too easy nowadays. Yeah. There wouldn't be. I mean, and you, then you'd have satellite and right. all that. Right, exactly. Yeah, it definitely benefits from the time that it was made. Yes. Because the technology wasn't advanced enough to just go, well, why don't you just get a get a video of it on your cell phone and prove mm. to the mayor that whatever. Yeah, every every person at that bonfire would have had a video ca- a video phone out taking video of her being eaten alive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I hope I hope they don't. Plus, like, I, so I don't know if you guys know this part. And, Dave, this might be something you're getting to later, so sorry if I, if I jump on it too fast. But... Um, there's a lot of research though that shows that the book Jaws and the movie Jaws has done horrible, horrible amount of damage to ocean life because people just want to kill great whites now and they're always like on the brink of extinction because people see them as Bruce. You know, they see him as this horrible thing that's going to eat them at every, you know, at every turn. So there's a lot of like conservation trying to trying to get the populations of great whites back up because of this movie. Which, which um, is which is funny because even Brody says it in the movie that until people started swimming recreationally, shark attacks never went on record. Yeah. Sharks didn't know what they were missing. And then so, all of a sudden we started swimming in their oceans and mm-hmm. now it's now it's Jaws's fault. Well and then and yeah, it's like it's why people get upset when like big mountain cats come down into neighborhoods. Sure, they're like, sure. as you're building in the mountains, it's like you're in their you're in their hood, people. But um it's if they my fear is if they tried to remake it today, it they would I I don't I think that I don't know how to word this right. I think they might put too much overtone on the environmental aspect of it. And too much on, like, modern technology and, and all that. That's what I'm saying is, like, it's got to stay in the 70s. I don't think it's the same movie, you know. Yeah. And if they, do, if they do reboot it, they could still set it in the 70s. But um, they would probably want it to be more modern. And, what, and if you're going to reboot it, don't set it in the 70s because then what's the point of the reboot? Exactly. You're just making the well, same yeah, movie. Like, you're just making the same movie with new character, new actors. And and I'll also go on record. I don't think this movie should ever be remade. It doesn't ever. need to. It doesn't need to. It's I mean, the, it holds up. Make more shark movies, <laughs> sure. but don't remake Jaws. There's just no reason to. Just, and then the movie that? itself exists every couple. Fine. Of, yeah, every couple of years, put this back in theaters and make your money that way. Well, and that, it's a, that's a funny kind of side note, too, is like everybody tries to make shark movies now. And there's there's been a few good ones, but they, I don't know, like they, it misses the point like what jaws hit on like jaws had so much suspense like just the scene where where brody's throwing the chud over the boat and you just see him come out of the water because you don't see him much you just see the dorsal fin most of the movie like you can't recreate that and it's i don't know it's it's frustrating because i i never want to have have it remade it wouldn't look good with cgi that's for sure no. We can all agree. All right, before we move on to the next actor, let me throw another fact in here real fast. Um, so, th- of course, this was based on Peter Benchley's book, which uh, Peter Benchley does make an appearance. He is a news broadcaster on the beach on uh, the opening day of of the or no, the Fourth of July uh, day 
when the cameras are all there and he actually interviews the mayor and he's very nervous. If you watch his hand, it's shaking quite a bit when he's talking. Um, but that's, he's in there. But uh, a lot of things were tossed out from the book, including, I don't know if anybody listening or uh, joining me here knows this, uh, a Hooper love affair story <laughs> in which yes. Hooper has an affair with Chief Brody's wife, Ellen. Yes. they. Yeah, get that shit out of there. It do- didn't need to happen. Also, he, beca- he becomes a less, they both become less likable characters. Yes. And there would not have been, like that yeah. is introduced. there would have not have been Jaws 2 or Jaws the Revenge with her in it if that had happened. Nobody would have cared um, about her. Uh, but yes. And then also Hooper died in the book. He dies in the shark cage. And they changed that simply because when they did the footage of sharks attacking an empty cage, it looked so good that Spielberg said, no, I want that in there. So when the shark is attacking the empty cage and, you know, thrashing above it and all that kind of stuff, he wanted that in the movie. So for that, they said, yeah, let's just, uh, he lives and we have an empty cage. So that go. scene is gnarly too. Like that was one. So a friend of ours had never seen it and was watching it. And I think that scene was like the most talked about as we're sitting there. Cause it, it's gnarly when the shark says, and those are real sharks. Like how they filmed that, that was real. And it's like, Holy crap. Yeah. I can jump on that. I have another random fact. <laughs> we'll just do that real quick about that one. Uh, so they, they, this is a second unit team off the coast of Australia that filmed that scene. Uh, with a much smaller cage, and the sharks were also smaller. Um, so they just threw a, a four foot nine jockey standing in as Hooper in a wetsuit in a smaller cage to pull it off. Interesting. And it looks gnarly. Yeah, when you watch it and they go above, you can see the shark on top of the cage and everything, and it looks massive. And yeah, now knowing it was a smaller cage, that's kind of cool. <clears throat> or it takes away from it, and I ruined it for you. So, whatever. <laughs> um also something i noticed today uh when i when i watched it so when he's doing the police report and he writes shark attack at the beginning of the movie when he's on the phone with the coroner and the date is july 1st but then they're talking about the death of alex the little boy and his death was like june 25th which came later so just yeah. a, just a, a you know just one of those errors that's just thrown in there Continuity, Ooh, which, which does not ruin. Throwing out of whack now. Yeah, the the movie sucks. Sorry, guys. You'll never watch it the same way again. <laughs> right. Yeah, you'll hate it forever. Uh, what is this? A time paradox? <laughs> <laughs> right. How did how did he die first? It doesn't make sense. Why did she slap him? There's no reason for that mom to slap him. She didn't die first. Uh. All right. So well, that slap though. That slap hits hard. As a viewer, when mm-hmm. she slaps him, and and all, and as a viewer, all you can think in your head is, "But he tried to stop it." It's the mayor's you don't fault. Understand. Yeah, he yeah. tried. The mayor. He's standing right there. It's his fault. Say something, mayor. It's so frustrating to watch. Not not frustrating that the film is you know is is frustrating or that's a frustrating scene. It's a perfect it's scene. human, very human. But as a, as a viewer, that's one of those moments where you want to jump in and go, "Yo, hey, stop it." Yeah. Like, he's trying his best here. Relax. Right. And that's what makes the next couple scenes great. Because, okay, so the mayor says, uh, she's wrong. And then he says, no, she's not. She's right. And then they go home, and he's just not feeling it. And he's got to have that moment with his son. And then the great moment with when Hop, uh, when Hooper comes in and, you know, the wine and everything. And just, mm-hmm. just hilarious. So how was your day? To, <laughs> to bring up one thing I thought of when Jenny was, was talking about making shark movies i think one of the reasons this movie works so well is because it's not a shark movie it's a monster movie where the monster happens to be a shark yes 
and it's treated that way. Right, right. So it's it's so different than when you look at something like 47 meters down, which you and I saw, Dave. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a mundane middle of the road shark movie. Right. It's as cliche shark movie as you can get. But super fun. It's it's fun. Um, uh, yeah. But but Jaws is on another level because it's not look at this great shark movie. It's look at this great monster movie. Yeah. Yeah. What was the Blake Lively one? Um, uh, the, shallow? the Shallows. Shallows. Also good. Yes. That's yeah. my favorite one now. That's the, a good the one. Shallows truly is my favorite shark movie of all time. Wow. It's replaced Jaws. Wow. Interesting. You know, yeah. You know what, though? So I saw The Shallows, and, and it wasn't okay. It was a popcorn movie. But what I don't I don't think it – I disagree because I don't think it was as successful because the sharks were just a hurdle she had to get over. Like, it was more about her than it was about – you know, it was like, how was she going to survive? And it had nothing really to do with the sharks. It was just, how was she going to get over the shark? But I think that's what Jaws was, too. Jaws was about because how to Jaws use was, how do you survive this. Yeah, but Jaws was more of antagonistic where it's kind of like that game, you know, when you're a kid and you're jumping from couch to couch because you can't touch the lava. That's what the shallows remind me of, whereas Jaws is more like hide and seek and they're going to find you. You know, like it, it's two different, I think, psychological thriller type approaches. So I don't I don't lump them into the same other than they both have sharks i think they're totally different movies oh right no and i wasn't trying to say that they were that they were that they were the same movie just that they are shark themed films right yeah i get that and the shallows is my favorite of all the shark themed films but the reason that i think jaws was so successful was because when it came out it wasn't treated as a shark movie <clears throat> right the it shallows was, a horror was movie. treated as a yeah. shark movie yeah jaws came out and said this is a yeah exactly it's a horror movie this is a horror movie there's a monster that's trying to get everyone oh it also happens to be a shark right what? like like what? that go ahead i was gonna say like the, what's that other movie with the two the two people who get lost on a scuba diving trip uh, they get left oh, behind. open water open water right right that the Paul Walker one? No. 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 That one is... Based uh, on a true story. Yeah, the blue? No. The, that Paul, one Walker, is with Paul just, Walker was in a shark Alba, movie? Isn't it? I thought yeah. that was a surf movie. That was a surf movie. Well, but there's a shark in it. Oh. <laughs> okay. Hold on. I'm going to look it up because I, I can't remember. Into the blue. Into, Into the, the blue. blue, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, I Just thought it was Alba in that movie. Too? Yes, yes, and okay. Scott Scott Kahn <laughs> and Ashley Scott, Josh Brolin. Uh, I didn't know that was a shark movie. I thought it was just a surfing like romantic thing. Well, there's a shark in it, and that's like the best part of the movie. Oh, oh, because okay. the movie's kind of crap. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see it because I thought it was kind of crap. <laughs> but, but the poster it's looked as much nice. A shark movie as Tomb Raider is a shark movie. Right, right. The, the the poster looked great for both men and women. Uh Paul with no shirt on and Jessica with a bikini. So. Also no shirt on. Oh. Whoa. Technically. Back on focus, guys. Back on focus. Speaking <laughs> of great like covers and posters and such. Jaws is the stereotypical great 1970s horror movie poster. Like it yes. is it is so iconic, just the girl swimming and then him coming up under the water. Mm-hmm. It is it is beautiful. Like anybody that has nostalgic for movie posters, that is it's one to own. That's, that's a one sheet to have in your your movie room. Yes. 
Definitely. Um, yeah, good good poster. Anybody play the NES video game? I did. I did too. No, but I yeah. now know I have to go get it. Uh, it's <laughs> it's no good. Good luck, buddy. <laughs> it's oh, up it's I, up there with uh, it. No, not not with getting it, but with playing it. With playing <laughs> it. Not acquiring it. Don't worry, you're such a garbage game. Yeah, it's it's up there with uh, what is it? Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, no, uh, yeah, Friday Thirteenth. I think that game, that game was 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 terrible. Um, is that the one I'm Just thinking like of? ET. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. I never played the ET game. Um, the Atari game. Yeah. No, I never played that one. Uh, but no, Friday the Thirteenth. I think it's the one where you're just running through an endless maze of the forest, uh, of the woods on Camp Crystal Lake. And it's uh, and every so often there's there's the bad guy. <laughs> it's just he just pops up, and you have no idea which way to go. And it's just crazy. I remember it being really weird. One of those hard games. Uh, Goonies was another one too. Was a weird one. Uh, games based on movies rarely are any good back in the day. Um, but Jaws, I remember typically uh, specifically being just so weird and w- hard to play. So good luck, Kyle. Report back after you find that ROM and you know whatever. Yeah, oh, I wasn't gonna find talking. a ROM. I was gonna find the actual cartridge. Oh well, I wouldn't go that far. Don't spend money on it. Fine. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, uh, back to Jaws. The the movie. Um, let's do another fact real fast, then we'll talk about Robert Shaw. Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. What's a good one? What's a good one? Uh, I do know they had to import the tiger shark from Florida. Local fishermen, local fishermen were unable to catch a big enough shark to use in the scene in which town officials prematurely celebrate a large shark that's been caught and strung up on a dock. So the film's producers located a freshly caught 13 foot tiger shark in Florida flew it up to Massachusetts on a private plane. By the time the cameras rolled, however, the shark was decomposing and smelled awful. Boom. That's it. I remembered correctly. <laughs> so, there you go. Yeah. So, and even then, by the time they had to open that thing up, I think it smelled even worse. I'm sure. If that was the same shark. I'm sure it smelled awful. All right. So, let's talk about Quint. Uh, the grizzled uh, veteran. Uh expert shark catcher and uh, amazing shark mm-hmm. shark catcher slash killer um yeah let's let's talk about robert shaw as quint anybody um he's awesome and All scary right. and a jerk let's move let's move on uh good one uh no but uh go ahead anybody else I love him because he's he's raw. Like he he doesn't take shit from anyone, and he's all about making the buck. Like he is, he is probably the best additive to the movie because if you take the three main the three main guys in the movie, their personalities are so so different from each other that it's like the yin and the yang. Like they would if the whole movie was only about Hopper or only about Brody. It wouldn't be as interesting unless you have a Quint character in it. You know what I mean? So I think Quint's one of the most important characters in the movie. Plus, every scene that he's in is it's a gem. <laughs> the only thing I hated about Quint was the singing. The constant singing got annoying to me. Um, oh, so I like the singing. That's my favorite part. Yeah, that's his character. That like, speaks to who he is. And, and, and again, to what Jenny said, where he doesn't really give a shit, he's the kind of guy who will just start singing one of his shanties regardless of who's in the room because right. he doesn't care if he sounds like shit. That's what he wants my, to do, so he's going to do it. Here's a... My favorite... 
my favorite uh, quote, like, and I'll totally get this wrong, but at the end when they're trying to, to actually catch Jaws, and he's just like, back home, we got a taxidermy man, and it's something like, he's going to have a heart attack when I show him what I bring him or something like that. And they're like, he's just shooting it with all the, like, ropes and the, I'm just like, dude, he's awesome. And, like, the boat's capsizing, and he's just still, he's like, yeah. Well, we can all we can all also agree he's the reason why they would have died. It, yeah. Yes. His his obsession with killing it would have yes. killed them. Uh yes. breaking the radio, not uh an overpowering the boat. Um so let's you know, let's be careful. Uh also well, he's flawed. Yes. He yes. just just cuz you know, right, just right. just cuz we're praising him as a character, no, we're, no, no. we're also praising those well, flaws. Yes, yes. That's what I'm saying though. He's very like, human. Brody that like Brody's got his shit together, right? He he's does he? Analyst, he well, <laughs> you know what Bro- I mean? Like Brody, he's, he's Brody's the most level headed. He's I practical, think. yeah. He, he's totally the most level headed. The you know, um, it's it's one of those that like every one of those three main cast members, each of their personalities has to bounce on it, and they're they're all extremes. Like every one of them is an extreme characteristic of that character. Um, there's not a lot of layers to the, the characters, but because the three of them together, it makes this great, like, ensemble of craziness. But, spoiler so some... alert, okay, if you haven't seen Jaws, I'm gonna give a spoiler. Quint's death scene is freaking awesome. I'm gonna <laughs> retract her spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Jaws by now, it's your own fault. How dare yeah. you? <laughs> How dare you? But yeah, that scene is so good because, I mean, like you were saying, they're in that position because of him. Mm-hmm. And the boat is going down and he's sliding and he well, can't what's, get what's any the first, traction. What's the first reason why he loses grip and falls towards the shark? Wasn't it he slid off of Brody's hand? Like Brody no, trying- before that. One of, one of Hooper's tanks hits his hand. When he's gripping, uh-huh. he's holding on to the thing and one of Hooper's ta- extra tanks... Hits his hand and knocks him down, and that's when that's when Brody tries to grab him and then slips. Mm. <clears throat> Just, they always say to punch the shark in the gills. I don't think that would have worked. Uh, with this particular shark, I don't think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think it would have mattered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it would have just pissed him off even more. So there's a behind the scene thing. Uh, young Dave did not know that the USS Indianapolis story was a true story until one special Shark Week when he learned it was true. Um, Kyle, okay. Kyle didn't know about this either. Um, I knew about it. Jenny, did you know about it? I did not know about it, but I don't watch Shark Week, so I'm not up on my shark knowledge. Uh, well, it's not, it's not a shark story. It's the story about the USS Indianapolis. Right. But it also does involve sharks. It does so involve it is, sharks. It is a shark it's, story. Well, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> it's a survival story. With sharks. <laughs> um, but yes, the story he tells is a true story and they came up with the backstory, but actually, uh, Robert Shaw is the one that's credited as writing that, that monologue. Um, also Shaw wanted to write it a little drunk and ended up getting too drunk and had to be carried to set and they had to <laughs> not film because he was way too drunk to do it. And so then they did it again and he came back and apologized to everybody. Um, nice, but uh, yeah. So there's some behind the scenes stuff there about Shaw and that the USS Indianapolis story that he tells. That whole scene with the three of them, um, or I, well, really any scene, but but those scenes that take place in the cabins when they're opening up to each other and showing each other mm-hmm. their scars. Yeah. Uh, 
I, if there's one criticism I have of Jaws, it's that there's not more of that. Sure. Because that is the best part of the movie. Right. The there's three of them together. So much tension between all three of them, and then there's this moment where they kind of bond. They're all vulnerable. Right. They all get drunk, and they're all vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the parody. So many things in this movie get parodied in other movies, like Ace Ventura and Christie's death. That's that's a parody uh, with her bobbing in the water and stuff like that. Um, and then also that scene where they're comparing in- injuries uh, is also parodied in Chasing Amy um, when they're talking about sex injuries. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so that's that's out there. But there's tons of other parodies of Jaws meant as a, a loving homage to this movie that inspired so many directors. Um, or depending on who the creator is, a, sure. a straight up ripoff. Yeah, right, right. Somebody being lazy and, mm-hmm. you know, just. I.e. epic movie and date movie. <laughs> sure, sure. Meet the Spartans. Yes, yes. Um, all guys. right, let's right, talk. Dave. Uh, yeah, yeah, you said it. Yeah, sure did. Let's talk and about. You said it too. We both said it. <laughs> uh, Richard Dreyfus and Matt Hooper, the heartthrob of this cast. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, apparently the heartthrob. So so the movie version, obviously very different than the book. And actually for that, Spielberg um, uh, told Dreyfus not to read the book because it was so different. Uh, They wanted his character to be different than the book. Uh, Have any of you read the book? No, I heard it's not good. I like the book. Uh, The book's fine. Yeah. It's it's something where if you you know you've seen the movie so many times it might be hard to go back and read the book but I like that I also read Orca too so <laughs> Orca is not the movie is awful <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yes uh, those are two of Peter Benchley's books um, that's all you need to say about that no uh, but yeah I, I enjoyed the book um, so yes uh, Richard Dreyfus let's talk about Hooper he was fine okay. <laughs> Jenny, I figured uh, I figured you would jump all over this, Jenny, because you're in love with him. I, I, I kind of said it all, like his nerdiness and his his I have to be right and I know everything kind of attitude. Um, you couldn't sway him wrong, you know. And and when you put him up against the other two characters, it makes a really good dynamic. But it makes him so likable because there's a lot of scenes where he's kind of humbled through the movie. Because he's nobody has experienced this, you know, and being stuck on the boat with the other two jokers, it's like he knows the science of it, where the other one knows the hunting of it. And, you know, the third one is trying to be the level headed one that he it's just like why I like Quint. Like he he's a much needed character since none of the three characters are very layered. And he's, you know, it's. It's that same where you have kind of the antagonistic character. You've got the empathetic character, you know, all that stuff. He's he's the nerdy character. I got to disagree with you on two things. I think they're all exceptionally layered. Um, all three of those. Yeah, those I ones, so at least. Too. I think the both, they have such good backstories and those come out in small, small bits. Uh, I'd say Brody is exceptionally layered. Um, also... Uh, I understand what you're saying about him being confrontational and uh, arrogant with his knowledge, but I think that only really comes out when it's a when it's at Quint. Um, as far as it being like a dick move, uh, where I need to be right, 
other times I feel like he's doing it because it's the right thing to do. Like, especially when it's with the mayor, um, where he's kind of, you know, you know, button heads with the mayor and the mayor's like, well, you would love that to be true. So you get your name in the national geographic. Oh, uh, I'm going to hop on Jenny's side for that one, Dave. I do think that he strokes his ego consistently throughout the film. I think he's very proud of, of his knowledge and what he knows. And when it's challenged, that's when the dickish side comes out. It's like he's it's like he's this is the knowledge and this is what you need to know. And somebody says, well, I don't know about that, Hooper. And he goes, uh, <laughs> OK, all right. Well, you're the shark expert, I guess. That's that's when he starts being a being cocky and arrogant. And I, I think that's just his character, I guess. And, and I... when he meets Quint, who is just as a, you know, as arrogant, but in a completely different fashion. That's one of the reasons why they butt heads so much throughout the movie, because they're equally antagonistic and arrogant. Right. And I guess I didn't see it being an issue. Like you, you see it when he's yes, he's he's very smart and he wants to prove that he's smart. Um, but at the same time, when he brings that knowledge up, it's usually at the behest of somebody who doesn't know anything and is mostly just we need to save our city and the money and blah, 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 that kind of stuff. Oh, well, right. But it's yeah. when he's challenged. Right. that he becomes arrogant and cocky about it. Other than, I mean, he is just providing information. Yeah. He doesn't walk into the room and say, look at how much I know. He walks into the room and says, "This is the fa- these are the facts. And someone says, I don't know about that, Junior. And he goes, oh, well, let me tell you. That's when it, that's when it really comes. I out. mean, let's be fair. There are a lot of dumb people in this town. <laughs> there are. <laughs> all right. Um, uh, all right, Jenny, what, do you have more uh, on Hooper there before I interrupted you? No, no, no. I mean that's basically it like he's likable and he's one of those that you know in like a personal setting he'd be the guy you want to go have a beer with because he's smart and he's funny and and he knows his shit dead sexy and he's damn adorable like he is (laughs) he is a heartthrob um but too bad he didn't take off his shirt he i think out of the three characters he's the most relatable to the average person like between him and Brody, they're relatable. Quint, I don't think is that relatable. No, you know, like it's hard to, cause he's so he's so aggressive in his drive to catch the shark, you know, where I think out of the three, he's the most relatable. Mm-hmm. I guess would sure. be the thing. I guess. I, so I I don't know. I mean, he's he's awesome. I mean, I I like every one of the main three in different ways because of how they handle it. But like I said, I don't think, I don't think any of those three characters could stand alone without the others because the other, the dynamics of the other two is what makes their character better. If that makes sense. Well, it's an ensemble. So yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, briefly, we can talk about Lorraine great Gary as Ellen Brody. My favorite scene of hers is when, uh, of course it's the seventies. So how do you handle your problems? You get drunk and, uh, <laughs> she's with Brody, uh, sitting and he's doing his research and she scares him and Brody yells at his son to get out of the boat and get out of the water. And she says, he's just sitting in the boat. It's not like he's in the middle of the ocean. And she reads the book and sees the boat and she says, didn't you hear your father? Get out of the water. And she just freaks out. I love that moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a great moment. Anyone else want to butt in here about Ellen Brody? Uh, she's there. She I is mean, there. She, 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 she didn't do, she didn't do as much as the other three did, but she's 
I mean, well, this is just the introduction to her character. She becomes yeah. the main character of two other films. <laughs> she, are... She's the she's the the atypical wife of the seventies, right, right? Right. Yeah. Mom, wife, and mother. Yeah. That's the role that she plays. And it once as the series goes on, like you said, Dave, it's greatly expanded on, um, it, which is great. Sure. But in this movie, it really is just like it's Brody's wife. She could she could just as well not have a first name. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, lastly, before we kind of wrap things up here, uh, Mayor Larry Vaughn, played by Murray Hamilton. Oh, Who, he's the best. <laughs> who's still the mayor in the second one, if I remember correctly. He is. He mm-hmm. is. How does he still have a job? There's probably not many people running for mayor. Because the That's shark true. was killed. Yeah, he's yeah. responsible for the shark killing. That's right. Man. Okay. That's how you spin political stuff, Kyle. Oh, you'll politics. learn. You'll learn. You're still 12. You'll learn. Yes, I am. Yeah, the mayor's the worst. He's the absolute worst. But when you watch it as an adult, with with a little more understanding of the way the world sure. works yeah. and the way the economy works, you can kind of get what he's what he's talking about. You right. kind of understand oh, where I he's definitely. coming. From. And you do feel bad for him at the hospital after that last attack there when he finally signs the thing. He's like almost catatonic. Yeah. When he realizes when he realizes his error, yeah. But yeah, I mean, if if their city um, functions based on this particular weekend, yeah. and how much money comes in, if that weekend is closed, then the city is in jeopardy. If he closes the beaches, that's what he's known as—the guy that lost us all this money. Right for even, no for, for potentially no reason. Right, even if they killed the shark and nobody else died, nobody would care because they didn't make any money. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there, there's, there are politics around it too. You know, he wants to keep up his image and yada, yada. Um, but there is, there, there is that part of him that is conscientious of what will this do to the town? So Brody's got the negative impact of the shark and the mayor's got the negative impact of closing uh, mm-hmm. the beaches. Yeah. And, and it's more interesting when I was watching it as a kid, I'm like, this guy's a dick. What a jerk. Doesn't he see all the signs? And then I watch it as an adult and I'm like, oh, I get it. So I, I explained that my, to my daughter when we watched it. I'm like, look, he's not a villainous character. He makes poor choices, but all the characters make poor choices. Yeah. So it was really interesting um, to especially, like I said, recently rewatching it with my daughter. I was oh, like, oh, I, I, have, I have an even better understanding. <laughs> uh, I like the mayor a lot. I think he's a really great character. All right. All right. Okay, we got to move on. Uh, so now one more fact here, and then we're going to talk about our favorite uh, favorite moments or a couple favorite moments. I'll let you kind of s- s- think on that before we get there. Uh, let's see here. So uh, the loudest screams that audiences could find or that audiences were doing were the severed head scene. when the uh, That's even louder when the first shark first rises out of the water behind Brody and when he's chumming the water. Um, and when after the movie opens, Spielberg and the writer Gottlieb would sneak into screenings in LA and just watch people uh, freak out about that head coming out of the water <laughs> or out of the boat. Uh, so there's that. All right, um, favorite moments or top three favorite moments from the movie? Who wants to go first? I'll go I first. Think, I think Kyle said he did. Oh, Jenny uh, said she did. I I think I already said it though. The opening scene where she's swimming out there and you can't see anything it's dark and then she just goes under there is nothing more terrifying than that scene all right it 
No, I ag agreed. Agreed. It set the tone for the rest of the film, mm -hmm. and it set the it set the bar for future films in any genre. Really, this is how you open a movie. Mm -hmm. All right, Kyle. Um, I, I wouldn't call it, I wouldn't call it my favorite. It's just one that I do like. It's the it's the scene where Hooper and Brody are in the medical examiner's office, and he's doing the autopsy. And he's just, he cannot hold it together. And then at the end, he's just like, you're an idiot. This is definitely a shark shark attack. Well, the thinking? quote, the most famous quote uh, the, the, is, this was no boat accident. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't say it correctly. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you can't yeah, talk about that. Kyle. can't talk about that scene without saying that line. I mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, other than that, I mean, everyone's favorite. I mean, I mean, favorite quote is, um, you're going to need a bigger boat. So. <laughs> So if you wouldn't if if, if yeah, you wouldn't like if you wouldn't great. say that's your favorite scene, what is your favorite scene? Uh, I I can't think of one. <laughs> okay, honestly, <laughs> I can't. It's I mean I guess the whole movie's my favorite scene. All right, Johnny, do you got one? Um, I mean obviously the iconic stuff like yeah. the the opening. Um, you know we're gonna need a bigger boat. Quint's uh, monologue is great, but my I think my favorite scene and the one when I rewatch it I look forward to most is them comparing their scars i really yeah, look that forward to that one, yeah. scene every time i start the movie and I'm then like, oh, we're getting closer then yep. just start singing that one song <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah they're so drunk show me uh, the way to go home so i really uh i really like i said earlier when we were talking um mm -hmm. you know more of that would have been great because i just i really enjoyed seeing those three characters interact with each other and that moment when they're they're so you know two of them are such dominant personalities and the other one is more level-headed and, and trying to keep the peace that in this moment, none of them are who they are and they're, and they're much more vulnerable and they're talking to each other. They're having a good time and they're laughing and they're telling jokes and then everything goes to hell in the next scene. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I like that. I really enjoy them, uh, them comparing scars. Everything gets real. When Plus they... you get a good look at, at Dreyfus's muscles. Am I right, Jenny? Hey, Oh. Wasn't, wasn't, that, wasn't Quint's thing too was like because of like an arm wrestling battle with the Chinese man after the demise of his third wife mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. Ce celebrating the demise of his third wife the so demise um, my oh. favorite is the whole it's two scenes really it's when the mother when Alex's mother slaps Brody and then it goes into the scene with his son um, and then Oof. with when Hopper shows up or Hooper, excuse me. Mm -hmm. I keep saying Hopper. Um, but yes, that whole thing uh, leading into the, the shark autopsy where you find out that shark drank a lot of milk. Um, <laughs> yeah. But gross. Uh, just the drama of it all and the, the tenderness with the sun. Uh, why? Because I need it. You know, that kind of thing. Come give us a kiss. Um, uh, it's good stuff. Then Hopper, Hooper, damn it, I did it again. Hooper says, uh, I need to talk to your husband. And she's like, so do I. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> explaining how how dark that night had been for them without having seen any of it really um you know having not touched his plate just drinking the alcohol in his glass and then the, the wine and uh just a cool moment i like that a lot and there's not a lot of talking so um it's one of those real character driven moments um all right so this this movie this gigantic blockbuster spawned three sequels so my question for any of you are any of those movies you enjoy watching um, and which one is your favorite? 
The Revenge is fine, and I'd rewatch it. The one that completely ignores the fact that Jaws 3D happened? Um, wait. Jaws the Revenge wait, is the last one, yeah. Oh, it's the last one. Okay, yeah. no, then Jaws, whatever Jaws 2 is, does it have a, a subtitle? Just Jaws 2, yeah. Oh, all right. For some reason, I thought it was the Revenge. Um, oh, okay. No, number two's num- number two is fine, I think. And okay. uh, and I would rewatch that one. The other ones, no, they're all garbage. <laughs> there is Jaws the Revenge, but that was the last one. That's Jaws four. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, I remember that one. That's where Jaws. That uh, was where the Jaws the, became a uh, sentient. Right. Right. It exactly. Traveled. Yeah. Be- yeah. It became a real monster. Yes, it, it travels seeking... all the way to the Bahamas. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, that yeah. one's ridiculous. Yep, I agree. But it had Mario Van Peebles and I'm Michael Caine. Um, Jenny? I, nah. <laughs> none of the None of the sequels. Mm, okay. Kyle? Uh, I have not seen two or three, but I think I've seen the beginning of Revenge. But I'm not 100% sure. But then I think I turned off the movie because I didn't know what was going on. Mm. Uh, I'm a sucker for 3D. I can't turn it off. If it's on, I watch it. I mean, it's got Dennis Quaid, guys. Come on. <laughs> Leah Thompson? <laughs> Leah Thompson? Come on. Uh, and it's the ridiculous. That's right. Dennis Quaid is uh, is one of the sons. He plays Mike, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a shit film. Oh, no, yeah. no. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It's not a good movie. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but it's just one of those things. It's a guilty pleasure. I enjoy watching it. And, uh, you know, the sea, sea World had a thing like that where you can kind of go underwater in a tube um, and kind of see the, the sharks and stuff. And I've always wanted to go, and I've never never been to SeaWorld. So, um, and I always kind of like that moment, even though it's totally fake in the movie. But um, I don't know. I, I have a soft spot for Jaws 3D. I love watching that one. I hate Jaws the Revenge. I can't stand that movie. Um, well, I, the reason why Michael Caine was in there is just for the paycheck. Well, sure. I'm sure that's why. I'm sure that's yeah. why Mario Van Peebles was in it. And, <laughs> uh, I, I don't. One think... interesting thing: if you look at the posters, so the original poster is the shark approaching from the water. Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. subsequent poster for two, three, and four is the shark breaching the water in the exact same pose. Yep, right. With people running away from it in the be- in the beginning, and that's a way to take a great poster and ruin it. Yeah. And take away the war that like take take away the 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 wrong message. Yeah, that's kind of kills it. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. You should go and look at them. It's uh, the Jaws 3D well, one is is funny. Them. It's them all like skiing away from it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's skiing away. Well, yeah, they're water skiing. Oh, water ski. They have okay. a, there's a water two. ski show. Two, I oh, think is a, is a woman. Two, I think is a woman skiing. Skiing. Yep. And then Jaws the Revenge. I remember it's just the shark as the letter A. Um, and then it says this time it's personal. <laughs> Yeah, 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 that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, shark breaching, but it's the exact same pose. Right. Every yes. Time. But this one's coming um, out of the water. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, when I first looked at those. So this is so fucking lazy. Yep. What are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's just so bad. Um, apparently, I didn't know this. This will be the last fact of the day. Tracy Morgan. Oh, jeez. Says at one point he was approached to play. Can anybody guess what what? character he would play in a reboot tracy uh, yes hooper. hooper yep he was considered to portray hooper in the remake which they say could be more comedic and make more use of special effects the studio has not officially commented upon that rumor i don't uh, know i don't know when uh, that good. rumor was oh it looks like 2010 
No. Uh, so we're all safe. It's not happening. <laughs> you can do a shark God. spoof. Sure. That's fine. Yeah, do it, but but don't do a remake that is a spoof. You know, right? Don't don't Ghostbusters it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in your list, you don't have to tell me. Uh, where does this movie stand? Like in a top ten? Is it in your top ten of all time? Top five? Top three? Where do where do you guys stand? Top ten. Top ten. Um. Um. Uh, uh, I I would say probably top five, at least top five most influential films for me. Okay. I mean, I'll, I'll go out and say it in no specific order. The, chain, the order changes for me. My favorite movies of all time are Ghostbusters, Goonies, Jaws. Um, Jesus Christ, I just lost my brain. Ghostbusters, Goonies, Jaws. Jurassic Park. It, yeah, I was I was trying to stay in the 80s <laughs> or, uh. or the 70s um, with my top five here. But uh, Ghostbusters, Goonies, Jaws, Jurassic Park, and then uh, I guess Gremlins is in there, yeah. Hmm. Not a bad, not a bad group. I'm very, no, very nostalgic when it comes to movies, and I, I can rewatch movies when I, I was a kid. I mean, Star Wars is obviously is up there, but I kind of lump all three of them into one, and it's tough. Star Wars is kind of like you don't, you don't have a top five best films of all time and put Star Wars in it. You right. Have a top five best Star Wars film. Exactly. It's its own that list. Feeling category. Yeah, yeah. My, my top five is, you know, it's, it's always different. You know, like I have my top five favorites that I return to and watch regularly. Sure or that have had a great impact on me. Um, and that, and that has changed over time. Okay. But, but Jaws is certainly on a list of the films that, uh, have been most influential or have impacted me the most. Yeah. That would be Jaws's Jaws might be number one Jaws and Jurassic Park and Dragonheart, of course. Oh, Dragonheart. Interesting. All right. <laughs> um, kudos to Jenny for knowing Jurassic Park would be on my list. Um, all right, so that is going to do it with our first ever Atomic Rewatch. Again, that title is subject to be made permanent. We don't know. Maybe we'll change it to something different. Next month, October, at some point, we'll do another one, and it'll be a horror movie. So if you have any suggestions, hit us up at Atomic Geekdom on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, whatever. Uh, let us know. Comment on this episode at AtomicGeekdom.com. Let us know which movie we should watch, which classic. Um, we will poll uh, between the four of us. Of which movie we should watch, so we'll decide. And if somebody else comes up with something better on Twitter, you guys can decide for us. Sound fair? I think the name should be "Hey, remember dot dot dot," and then the and then each episode could be "Hey, remember Jaws? Hey, remember Raiders of the Lost Ark? Hey, remember to get the milk from the store, Dave? You forgot last time, you silly goose." <laughs> I always forget the milk. Uh, but what I was referring to, shark didn't, boom! <laughs> uh, you guys can help us decide the name of this episode and also which movie we watch. So hit us up with suggestions, good or bad, uh, movies from the past that we should rewatch and talk about here on the show. And each one I'll try or someone else can, uh, as well, if they want to do some research and get some behind the scenes trivia for you, uh, stuff you may already know, or maybe new, any of that, any of that stuff news to you guys that I said? Yes. Cool. It was a lot so. of it was new to me too, so um, it's always fun to find out stuff about something you love. So yeah, uh, we'll be back next week with a regular episode. I gotta start planning some one ones. We got some some comic book movies coming up like Venom and uh, Aquaman and stuff like that. But we've got other stuff in store for the rest of September. And then of course we've got October, which is our big Halloween month, where we just do all kinds of scary stuff and supernatural stuff and ghost stories and things of that nature. So look forward to that. But if you, in the meantime, you want to talk to us on the social medias, Kyle, you're on Twitter. 
Yes, I am. You can follow me at CowCrazy89, and you can also listen to me on the, on the uh, Legends TV Talk podcast. Excellent. That we'll be back soon. Someday. Um, <laughs> Johnny? I am also on Twitter, at Johnny Wellens, and you can hear me on uh, the Legends of Tomorrow podcast with Kyle. We're starting up pretty soon, which is great. We're really excited about that. Together, we're doing it. And yep, yeah, I'm really, really excited to be on board. Cool. Look at that. Breaking news. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jenny? Uh, I'm Robbie Art on pretty much everything, so hunt me down. There you go. Do you want, in case anybody is listening in the area that he was last seen, do you want to say something? Oh, yeah. So after our wedding in July, our dog ran off into the wilds of Montana. Um, so it's hard telling where he's at. He could be trekking across country. He could be a couple miles from where he ran away. So uh, lots of posts. People have been amazing with the outpouring of uh, of support on trying to bring Memphis home. So if you see the if you see the post on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, please reshare so we can get more people looking for the butthead that ran away. Again, at Robbie Art. At Robbie Art, yeah. and the hashtag is Memphis is my co-pilot. There you go. So you can see all the awesome pictures of my goofball. At R O B I A R T. You got it. There you go. Help a sister and her husband. Which I would call a brother out. I would, which is not her brother, but you know, for, for us. <laughs> spread spread the word. So uh, unnecessary, Dave. <laughs> I wanted to make it as awkward as possible because we're talking about something serious, and I wanted to get a good laugh in afterwards. Oh man, love it. Um, I love it. So yes, there we go. All right, we will be back next week. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please please tell a friend, um, share it, like it, uh, all that good stuff. Uh, if you could rate and review us on iTunes or Apple Mu- uh, Podcasts, whatever they're calling it these days, that'd be great. Um, otherwise, we will see you next week. Thanks, everybody, for sitting down and talking Jaws. I could do this all day, by the way. Love Jaws. That was fun. Uh, also, guys, yeah. listeners, don't forget, tweet us and include the hashtag Atomic20 to get 20% off your next Nope, that's, that's not how it works. Wor- that's, at Wizard World. That's not how it works. Right? <laughs> nope, nope. Don't do that. You won't get 20 off. It'll just be fun for you to hashtag Atomic20. But if you want to save 20% off on your general admission tickets to an upcoming Wizard World show, use the code Atomic20 at checkout to save 20% well, off. Wait, on is your that still a thing? Absolutely. Oh. But I think I, I don't think there's one. There's not a show coming up, so I didn't I didn't include it. So. Uh. But yes, it is a thing. Don't hashtag Atomic20. It doesn't work that way. But Hashtag and, and Dave will get your ticket. And you'll only have to pay him $20. Nope. All false. All false. The way it works. All right. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Done it. <laughs>